Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Business Consulting. Each week we chat with amazing guest experts all aimed at helping you grow your VA business. So sit back, grab a cuppa and tune in for a fun-filled episode. Welcome listeners to this week's episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast for assistants. And I'm here again with Joe. And we are recording this episode on the 13th of September. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that we recorded that one on the 13th of September. So we've been very busy today recording two episodes. In fact, we discovered that we can't really fit more than two episodes into a day realistically, because it's quite a lot of effort uh, goes into all of this and we have a really nice chin wag in between as well so I suppose if we cut the chin wag it wouldn't take us so long would it Joe? <laughs> but would it be so much fun you know yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't I mean that's that's the whole thing is it? it's got to be fun whatever you do in life it, it you know you have to do what what makes it fun so today we're going to be talking to Claire Farthing about success uh, which I think is a really interesting topic um, that's just a broad brush, and I'm not going to say any more. I'm going to let her introduce herself um, and tell you all about her amazing journey when she joins us a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, but if you were listening last week, you'll know that Joe and I talked about what we were going to be doing for the rest of the day today mm-hmm. uh, and what we've been up to. So um, I just thought I'd mention um, one of the things that I have done and did manage to do, even though I wasn't feeling very well, was to get the second edition of my Microsoft Teams book finished. So um, a little while ago, I was approached by, I write for an online publisher called BookBoon, B-O-O-K-B-O-O-N, uh, and I've got about 19 titles with them across all of Office. And uh, they wrote to me and they said, there have been a lot of changes to Teams can you do an update? We want to translate it into French as well. So um, we also want to translate several of your other books to French. Well, I'm not going to say no, am I? Yeah. So uh, more translations means more royalties. So as many languages as you like, Book Moon, please go ahead. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, so so um, it was actually on my list of things to do. And, and the next thing connected with that is some updates to my team's courses, which need to go in because the changes are quite far-reaching so have you noticed any changes joe when you've been using teams or have they not kind of jumped to the forefront they haven't really jumped to the forefront i've literally just this well this last week started with a a new client on a a three-month project and I've just started using Teams outside of you and I, because a lot of my clients do Zoom rather than yeah. Teams. So I've not yet noticed the detail, but yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of it, um, I, Teams is Teams original raison d'etre, if you like, is as a communication hub within a large business. So it's really a communication and document management tool for corporate style business. So 10 plus employees, which 10 isn't corporate, but, you know, 10 plus employees or half a dozen employees where you have a team of people uh, and you want to store your documents. So unless you're using it that way, I think a lot of these um, updates and changes might just not 
you might not notice them. But if you are working in that kind of corporate type team environment, um, a lot of them are amazing. There's a lot around meetings uh, that are changing. So breakouts, you can now have, uh, you could have breakout meetings before, you can now have timed breakout meetings, which have been a long awaited feature. Um, there are different views. So if I'm sharing my presentation with you, I can now decide if I sit in front of the slides, if the slides are side by side with me, or if it's like a TV reporter and they're kind of over my shoulder. So there's lots of different ways. Um, you can now use Teams to host webinars. So the difference between a meeting and a webinar is in a webinar, your attendees attend without camera and audio. So they can just listen and watch you. You can interact in chat. So webinars has been added. That was added a couple of months ago, but the cumulative number of updates yeah. is really big. Um, and then there's some app updates and some integration. Um, Microsoft Lists is now working really well inside Teams. You've got all sorts of things. So it's it's it was quite a job because I had to decide whether I was going to rewrite from scratch or update. And the truth is, I wasn't feeling very good, so I decided to update. But I I I created a copy of my original manuscript. I would never work on the original. Top tip: don't work on your original document. You'll yes. lose it. Yeah. So I, I went through that one and I just highlighted everywhere where I knew there was a change. Uh, and then I, I wrote. And in fact, some of the sections I wrote outside of that manuscript on a clean document, because if I'd have used track changes, I wouldn't have been able to see the document. There was just, it would have been too confusing. Um, and because I use styles, Got to get a plug in here, haven't I? Because yeah. I use um, styles and because I use Outline View. And if you don't know about Outline View, I do have a blog post about it on tomorrowsva.com slash blog. Um, just look for Outline View. It's the most useful thing for long documents. So it just means that you can collapse and expand your document. You can cut out bits. You can add bits in um, without all the selecting and copying and pasting and stuff. It's just so much easier. So that was that was invaluable. But it still took me about it took me quite a long time to, to redo. Uh, and I'm doing a webinar for Book Boone the week after next. So. I wanted to get it submitted in time for me to be able to sell the webinar. You can now get my second edition. So, uh, yeah, big job. It was a big job. Um, yeah. So, have you ever done anything like that, Joe? Document-wise? Technical documentation, you know, as a project manager for that kind of stuff um, and, you know, project initiation documentation and, and that sort of thing. And also some of the reports I write for clients around the GDPR and reviewing what's right and what's wrong and that, those sorts of things. But um, I've never written a, a book yet. <laughs> well, you know, styles and outline view are good for reports as well as yeah. for books. Um, because it just allows you to collapse your document so you can just see your headings. And then when you when it's when the document's arranged in outline view, when you select heading, you're also selecting all its associated text, which means that if you need to move it somewhere, you're moving the whole lot, uh, which is just phenomenal. It's one of my uh, I, I don't work in it often enough because I'm not creating those long documents that often. But if I'm ever working in a long document, that's that's where I start. And also if I'm creating a book from scratch 
or a course from scratch, then I will have created an outline for it first. So I will know what the learning outcome is meant to be. From that, I'll be able to figure out what needs to go in. Um, then those will be divided up into sections. Each section will then divvy up into what steps, what are the different things that need to be stepped into those. Um, and when you outline that in outline view, you can write your outline, your heading ones, heading twos, heading threes. When you then expand it and you start to write the content, there's not a lot of, you know, yes, I've got screenshots and explanations mm. to add in, but I haven't got to think about what comes next because it's all outlined first. And it's a much more productive and effective way of uh, of writing but i think that's enough waffling yes certainly yes. by me anyway it's getting a bit boring me talking all the time <laughs> so um i think let's go find claire let's go find claire listeners we'll be back shortly welcome back listeners and joe and i are thrilled to have the lovely claire farthing with us now uh, and she's going to tell you all about herself in just a minute but first of all welcome to the podcast claire Thank you very much. Thank you very much, ladies, for having me here. I'm really excited for this afternoon's session. Yeah, it's it's good fun. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. So before we kind of launch into a chat that could take us all over the place, we don't know where we're going yet. Um, what I what would be really nice, Claire, is if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. What's your background? Um, what do you do now? And how did you get there? What made you choose to do what you're doing now? Sure. Thank you very much, Shelley. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm Claire Farthing. I'm a business growth coach now. And I didn't start life like that, as you've inferred there, Shelley. So thank you for um, setting the stage. Um, if we rewind back to 2015, um, I launched a VA business off the back of a hat trick of redundancies. And being quite a positive, upbeat person, um, I saw it as, a, as a, obviously a great opportunity for me. And my sort of background prior to that was very much corporate career. I was a personal assistant, an executive assistant, an office manager predominantly um, in those sort of three job roles um, over my corporate career. And it really took the redundancy happening for the second time in 2015. So basically it happened in the January and then again in the June for me to think, hang on a minute. I remember a dear school friend, um, Sarah, saying to me the first time it happened, oh, with your, you know, your PA skills, you should do that typing from home thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> because... You know, even back then, although, you know, VA was very much around, you know, back in 2015, it was still quite a new thing. It was it obviously came across, I think, predominantly from America, but it was still something yeah. where, you know, it wasn't overly known. And I'd heard about it um, and she'd heard about it, I think, at one of the business shows or perhaps she'd been to the PA show. I don't know at the time and seen something. And of course, I just went. I've got a mortgage to pay and bills. How could I possibly run my own business? Don't be silly. I need that good old, you know, reliable corporate job. <laughs> Yeah. So nodding your heads there ladies so um, we're all on the same page we've all been Definitely. there and done that um and um yeah so as I say sort of sort of fast forwarding to 2015 suddenly off the end of a hat trick of redundancies by then it was like wait a minute I've got a great opportunity it feels like there's this big flashing universe you know sign saying to me here's your chance Claire to actually you know set up and run your own business so I wouldn't sit here and say to you and your listeners 
that I purposefully set up a business to be a VA, I sort of really fell into it. And, you know, the the choice of, of doing and becoming a VA was very much based on the fact that I had those amazing skills from all those years of corporate. So it was a no brainer to launch a business, obviously utilizing those skills rather than going off to do something completely different or something that I was only partially qualified or experienced in, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that makes that makes total sense. And, mm. and, and I think, you know, you said yourself, you know, how can I do that? I've got mortgage to pay, mortgage and bills to pay. And um, if you'd gone off and tried to do something else, you'd have been really, really uncomfortable because yeah. you'd, you'd have been learning something new and not knowing if you could do it. Whereas this way, even though you had to learn how to run a business, and we all know that that isn't quite how it's depicted in the fairy tales, is it? <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of hard work, blood, sweat and tears in, in running a business. No, but, but seriously, um, at least you had the foundation um, to be able to build on, which I think is, is, is really, really useful. So what happened next? What happened next? Um, so I quickly managed to find uh, the amazing Amanda Johnson, who obviously you both know, and I saw she'd been a guest on a previous podcast as well. Um, and I did her VA mastery course, which was just fantastic because it gave me all those business foundations to how to set up a business, obviously, specifically for VA. So I went through that process, graduated quite quickly um, and then was very blessed to then go on to win the best VA newcomer the following year in 2016 at the business show. Um, which was, you know, obviously a fantastic accolade at the time. Um, But what was really interesting was I was working predominantly in my sort of expertise was, you know, a bit of diary management, but also I I seemed to fall into social media and sort of Mm. the marketing side and writing blogs and doing email marketing for clients. And when I finished working with Amanda, I had this thing where I was like, I need that guidance still. You know, I've gone through that. I've set up my business. I've won an award. I now want to look at growing this business so that I can really sort of decide whether I'm going to be taking on associates. I I knew I was never going to go the employee route, but I was going to take on associates or whether I was actually going to be looking at just, you know, being a solopreneur, if you like, and sort of making those decisions. So I felt like I was ready to carry on working with a, a coach to help me go through that. So I found an amazing coach, went through her 90 day program and was at the situation where I literally went to um, her retreat after that for three days. Um, And the story goes, and Joe knows this one, is (laughs) I drove up the M1 to Warwickshire to this amazing three day retreat as Claire Farthing, your virtual assistant. And I came back three days later going, woohoo, I'm going to launch my own coaching business for women. (laughs) And then kind of got home and you know what it's like when you come back from these events, you're all hyped up and you're like, you know, you're invincible. You're going to do these amazing things. And then you sit there in the cold light of day at your desk and you go, oh, something. Where do I start? (laughs) Maybe I should just, you know, carry on as a VA. But I knew deep down um, that as much as I had those skills and obviously I'd won the award and was doing really well and was fully booked, it wasn't actually fulfilling me. Mm. And with some of the clients and one particular client said to me at the time you know you're wasted as a VA you should be a coach because look at all that you've helped me with and what I hadn't realized was I had been being paid for the services she was hiring me and paying me for but also I was giving her confidence I was helping her with her goal setting and her planning and encouraged her to go networking build up the confidence to go networking get her little you know her little elevator pitch written mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things so 
it was like actually again it was a bit like you know when Sarah said go and be a VA launch your own business and it was like really no mortgage bills it was the same kind of thing I was a bit like you know who am I to be a coach you know I haven't got a qualification so could I do this but going on that business retreat and having the support from like-minded community that we're all aspiring to grow businesses and, you know, follow their true purpose mm. and follow their path gave me that confidence and that support to take that step. So very quickly coming back from that retreat in May, 2017, I realized that I absolutely wanted to be a coach and I was going to niche as best as I could, not <laughs> knowing what niche I wanted to do by choosing to work with women because that is a niche after all isn't it yeah. <laughs> mm, totally, totally. It's half the population <laughs> there we go there we go um so that's really how I sort of transitioned from VA into coaching and it took me about another 18 months to go full-time as a coach because as we all know we don't suddenly wake up and suddenly we're fully booked as a coach <laughs> and I had clients to offboard and the yeah. great thing was two of the clients actually were in a situation where because of the work we'd done they were doing brilliantly and they actually wanted one of them wanted a full-time staff member in there so didn't really need a VA anymore so that came to a natural end which was fantastic um and another one was one where I don't know whether you've had these clients before ladies where you're working with them but they don't actually really understand what a VA can do therefore they don't use you yeah um so you're kind of going you're paying me all these hours and it's great but it doesn't feel right because I haven't got enough work to do in those hours so yeah um it was one of those where it was kind of up and down so it was ready to really finish um I felt and then the third one that I held on to was my local chamber of commerce I was a member of and they didn't have anybody to take over and because we got on so well I just held on to it um, until I found um, a brand new VA that came to my networking group who was looking for clients and I was like perfect you can take on and do the same role that I yeah. was doing when I started out um, so yeah it literally was October the year before last I went full-time um, as a coach that's fantastic that's such a great story I yeah. love stories like that make me all warm and fuzzy oh, <laughs> no 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 really really great because I think I think that's it I mean, we, we we record this is the second podcast we're recording today and uh, we recorded one this morning and um and we were talking about doing what makes you feel good um, and it's just so important. And so many people stay in a dead end job to pay the bills. Now, I'm not I'm not saying that everybody should get up and leave because sometimes it's just not possible. But I do mm. remember I uh, I was working for a training company. I was an employee um, right. and then I went freelance um, before I set up my training company. I was just a just I was a freelance trainer and I did a lot of work for the company that I used to work for because that's kind of natural they were a ready-made client and one of the other free full-time trainers came up to me one day in a break and she said um I'm thinking of going freelance can you give me some ideas about it and I knew this girl and I knew that it actually wasn't for her because she would not have been able to cope with the roller coaster or the uncertainty um, of when on those those times when there is no work coming in, mm. all the you know when you're working as an employee, it's given to you. Yeah, here's your work, get on and do it. Or there's nothing to do today, but you're paid to be there. Um, and and it was absolutely clear to me that it, I, as I was telling her about it, I could see her eyes going, oh, in panic. So I, I think it isn't suitable for everybody, but no. I think if you are that way inclined, it's the best thing to do. Mm, what do you definitely. think, Joe? I, I agree totally. I think you do have to be a certain sort of person, but then I do think that 
if you step in, you can grow into that and enjoy that roller coaster of of business. Um, you know, if if you if you're that way inclined, you can go into it not knowing a great deal and a bit anxious, but you can grow into it. Um, but you do have to have a very strong sense of resilience for yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. So, so Claire, what kind of people do you coach now? What, what, who, who are the people you? Who are the kind of people, apart from the fact that women? Um, <laughs> what, 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 what kind of people have you narrowed it down any further, or do you just work with anybody? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, just, you know, growing as a business owner and, you know, quite strong on, on personal development as well. Um, I My personality type is actually um, an empath. And I've recently discovered the HSP, the highly sensitive person element as well. And I've got traits from both. So what has become apparent since I've discovered that over the last sort of six to nine months in terms of the HSP element, mm-hmm. I knew I was an empath, um, was that when I looked at my client type that I've been working with, they were very similar. And what that means is, is for the people perhaps that are listening that are less familiar with those terminologies is that we're quite sensitive souls. We're quite quiet. We can be quietly confident, but we're not really fans of the shouty, noisy environments. We tend to be perhaps the shrinking violets in the corner. We're the ones perhaps at networking that will go and see somebody standing in the corner and think, oh, I'm going to go and talk to them rather than maybe a group of four or five people. And it's been really interesting because speaking to my mum recently as well, you know, things from childhood were coming up and I'm like, that makes so much sense. How come I didn't realise some of this sooner? (laughs) You know, and it's fantastic because you can bring, you know, I'm calling it a superpower, you know, people that have these different sort of personality traits. It really is our superpower. And if we're in a position like me where I'm working with female business owners and entrepreneurs, we're looking whether starting out in life as a business owner, where they're looking to grow their business to the next level. It's about helping them tap into their individual personality and their qualities and finding that superpower to help them grow the business that's right for them. Because I'm all about you or your business. And I've always been like that from day one. It's about, okay, when I do the the first sort of section of my, um, my framework, if you like, that I take my clients through, it's very much, okay, where are you now and where do you want to be? What is that end result that you're looking to achieve? How are we going to get you there? And within that work, it's actually, okay, what do you want to do? So, you know, Shelley, what did you do before you were married? You know, what did Mm -hmm. you used to enjoy doing? What hobbies um, were you doing? You know, Joe, what do you like doing with the family? Mm -hmm. And we actually concentrate on those goals and those sorts of things that we like doing before we even look at the business element. Because if you're not happy and healthy as you, the person, the individual, you can't actually show up in the right way um, and with respect and hold the space and time for your loved ones and absolutely, therefore, you're never going to attract the right clients and be any good within the business or as mm-hmm. good in your business. Because to me, those elements are fundamental and they're in literally that order to make sure that you are able to run that business on mm. the best balance you can. Because again, we know there's no such thing as balance. It's either this way or this way. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a rocky old road, like you said, you know, running yeah. a business isn't easy. So yeah. that's, you know, that's what I'm passionate about. And really, you know, work with ladies that are, um, probably empaths got a tendency for HSP as well, perhaps or either raw sensitive souls, you know, really 
perhaps struggle to find their voice and showing up that visibility element and doing things like video of just listening to your previous podcast <laughs> with Matthew I've started uh, following him and I've made some notes and I was listening <laughs> to what Joe was saying I do absolutely love doing video and it's something that I'm upping my game on and I love Instagram particularly so it's interesting but a lot of my clients again come to me and they don't know where to start and they yeah. feel very vulnerable because they're not an overconfident or what I call the shouty type of people that we often see on social media and I, yeah. I know you know who I not who I mean um, I'm not naming but as in the types of people yeah, yeah. and exactly. we're either like that or we're not aren't we and we either warm yeah. to it we either attract or repel and I'm looking to kind of repel those sorts of people almost in the nicest sense said with love yeah. but I want to attract the ones that I know I can help start shining brighter and actually give them that confidence to run the business that they want and achieve the goals that they want oh, that's oh, fantastic that's fantastic uh, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use a, yeah, I'm going to use a Yiddish word, kvelling. There's a word okay. kvelling. You, I want to kvel, you know, like, you know when you see a baby and you want to go like that to their feet? <laughs> In Welsh, we call it the kuch. <laughs> yeah, oh, so you've both given me goosebumps for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know no, it's, it's, it's really lovely. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, nobody would believe me now, but as a child in the playground, I was the one in the corner that you would have come and talked to. Um, I was very, very shy. Um, and I've had to work extremely hard mm. to be the person that shows up and is out there. Um, and you can, you can do it and, and you can do it. But in a social situation, uh, I'm the quiet one in the corner. And it's about, I can almost switch, almost it's like a switching on a mm. switch. Mm. I'm, I'm going to this networking event or I'm going to be speaking at this event. I'm going to be public Shelley. But if I go to a social event, I'm a completely different person. It's really mm. interesting, really interesting. Um, so that totally resonates, totally resonates. Um, I, and over the years, being in the training arena, you come up against or you, you butt up against all the different kinds of personality type things that you can do. There's so many of them, but they're all useful, I think. And, and, and in all walks of life, in business and at home, we need, we need a team is made up of, a, diff, a good team is made up of lots of different types, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you, because we, we can't all be good at everything. No, and I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? You know, I think Joe and I had conversations a couple of years ago around mm. that when we were talking about, you know, Joe's business journey, um, which has been incredible to watch, um, you know, that transition as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's about finding those qualities, isn't it? And about, you know, getting yeah. that community around you, whether it's outsourced community or whether you take on yeah. a staff member or whether it's, you know, you're a solopreneur that absolutely loves and wants to be that person, but knows the importance of having, you know, like me, I've got two success buddies who incidentally, one's um, I was buddied up with by Amanda back in the VA mentor um, programme. So we're still friends six years later and we're actually really good friends. We socialise and everything. We have monthly calls. And the other one was, through the second coach again doing the program and the retreat together yeah. again we're the best of friends um, and have monthly calls they don't live locally so you know obviously it's been on zoom but historically we would have met up in person as well yeah. and we need those people you know they're the ones I go to when I've got those challenges or I might be in tears and a bit upset about something and equally I'm excited about something and they'll rein me in and go well hang on a minute I thought you said you weren't going to do that and <laughs> they'll challenge me and yeah. what I love about them both is they've both got different personalities and qualities like we've just been saying and therefore, I can sit there and listen, you know, I can share what it is, I'd like support with that particular call, they will listen, and they will feed back. 
and they will remind me of my personality or something I said before, yeah. just to make sure that I'm making the right decision for me and my business or, or yeah. for my clients potentially. And we need that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, when Joe and I were chatting about it before, the first VA that I worked with when I'd set up my company back back in back 2017, right. no, 2007, I set up the company in 2007. When did I work with her? I don't know. I worked with her for four or five years until she, she sadly, she got very ill. Um, and uh, she used to do my telephone answering as well. And she'd had a stroke. And one day I phoned my office number she answered the phone and it sounded like she was drunk now I knew she wasn't drunk because but I hadn't realized because we communicated by text and email I hadn't realized and I I just said I'm really sorry but a new client phones and and it's not like a drunk person answering the phone it was really difficult and I know I didn't handle it well but we've since made up so that's fine Mm. um but um but she was as much as assistant as a business coach so she would be saying, well, have you thought of doing this? Or, well, why don't you do that? Or, no, 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 you really shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and then you're like, why not? Because you yeah, kind of feel I, like you really want to do it. And you're yeah, like, oh, but, but she <laughs> could see different things that I could see. And and uh, since I've, you know, not worked with her now for five or six years, but I've really missed that element of a sounding board. And I think it's yes. really important. It's really mm-hmm. important. So I yes. bet your clients are very lucky to have you. So oh, thank you. Really, really. Um, interesting what you said there about a sounding board because one of my so my clients sometimes you know want starting out but predominantly established businesses, um, and they're looking obviously to grow it or launch a new normally launch a new product or a service. But I had a client recently um, who I met through a networking group I was I was part of a year ago. And she said, I don't really want to coach. I don't think well, I probably do. I don't I don't really know. But ultimately, I just want a sounding board. I want a business confidant. So I, I said, oh, I think I like I like the confidant term. We'll mm. go with that rather than sounding board. <laughs> and it was really interesting because she would show up to the Zoom sessions, literally. And I wouldn't have a clue what we were going to cover, what kind of advice, support, questions, because I do mentoring as well. I kind of yeah. switch in whatever. whatever the client needs my intuition um and and that's what I would do and I loved working with her we worked about four months in the end I loved it and she's hoping to do some more with me later this year and I can't wait because it was such a different dynamic for me it brought out different qualities and Mm. skills that I needed to you know to get the best out of her and to help her move forward but it was very different from sort of being a coach and having sort of framework and structure so it was like a little exciting side project so um again I think isn't that the beauty of business where it's not always very black and white and if you are forward thinking and you are somebody that can use their intuition then you've got a fantastic opportunity to work with different clients and you don't really have to niche too much which again weirdly enough was mentioned on on that podcast (laughs) earlier wasn't it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes. And we talked about it this morning with, with our previous guest Sarah oh, as you? well. We oh, talked a hot about topic, obviously. Yeah. Again. <laughs> well, I think it's really important because whenever you learn anything about marketing, or you talk to any marketing coaches or any startups or anything, the, the, the big thing is the N-word. Uh, I'm part of a trainer community. I do IT training, but there's lots of other trainers in that community. They do all the soft skills, you know, Mm. anything you could think of, health and safety, mental health, diversity and inclusion, GDPR, um, all sorts of trainers in there who and speakers who do that sort of thing. And um, 
we all kind of help each other with those things because we're all trainers so we all have the same kind of at the end of the day we all have the same issues uh, you know your difficult delegate in the room how do you deal with them that sort of thing but um but you know how do you deal with a, a non-paying client i mean the same thing in in the va world yeah. you, you're going to have them so a business is, is a business just just be I, I was going somewhere else with it and I just realised I've gone right off what I was going to say <laughs> and I can't remember what I was going to say anyway. So, Jo, have you got anything to add at this point? Enough of me. No, no I, I'm just um, really interested. I mean, I, Claire and I have known each other a long time, even before we had that call, like two or three years ago, and, and I've known Claire since she was part of Amanda's kind of VA yeah. grouping and stuff. And you know, it is interesting to see how you've pivoted and, and how you're now making a success of this new career and, and, you know, that sort of thing. And I wonder what would be your top tips to our community in terms of, you know, building for success? What are the key things you think they need in their businesses? Not necessarily to be the next coach, but... You know, there will be those people who are very happy being a VA. What do they need to do to ensure their success in whatever their option is? Mm, great, great question, Jo. Thank you. Um, to me, what I've learned over the last six years now is it's about making sure you're happy and you're fulfilled and you're doing what you love doing mm. that's ultimately thing and I think once you try and deviate by adding perhaps a you know another VA service to use the example for your um, predominant audience is you know really think about actually is that something that you enjoy delivering is it something you think you you know you would enjoy have you got the right experience to make sure you're giving the ultimate quality uh, you know high-end result for your client as well and I know that we can start off and we have to learn and you know i put my hand up to that I remember I think it was MailChimp when I said oh I could do email marketing and then it was like MailChimp and I remember going Amanda how do I use MailChimp she's like YouTube YouTube <laughs> you know and, and we have to start somewhere and and the deal was and I said well how can I charge them and again it's you know that whole thing where you're honest with the client and you say look I'm just learning this I'll you know I'm not going to charge you full rate let's do three months at something and let's try you know and it's those sorts of things that you can do but yeah. if you're trying to you know, to grow your business, make sure it's something that you love doing and you're interested in rather than something you should. And the biggest thing I'm doing at the moment, which you'll see on my social media is I'm going against the grain of what people think they should be doing. And I'm almost got this, you know, I'm an, I'm an anti-shoulda, if that's, <laughs> if that's a thing, because definitely a thing. Yeah, too many people are feeling the pressure of having to show up on social media consistently and they think consistently is every day. And I know there's, you know, different views on that. But I personally think if you feel really overwhelmed by showing up every single day and that's something you've been told, that's not actually going to help you have a successful business because you're likely to then probably procrastinate, get really anxious about it, start putting it off and then either putting something out there that's not going to resonate with your ideal audience because you've kind of rushed it and you felt flustered or you're actually just not going to do anything. So then you're going to wonder why your business isn't growing because you're not actually putting anything out there. So it's really important in my mind is to, you know, doing what you love, avoid the shoulds, make sure that it's in line with your goals and your values. 
again, a lot of people, you know, ethically mm. don't really look at their goals and, and see that through with the sorts of clients that they might take on because it's about the money and they need that income. And often, again, from experience, and I'm sure both of you can relate to this, when you take on the wrong client because of perhaps, oh, I've got that gap or I've got that amount of money I need to fill, it very rarely works out. In fact, I don't think it ever works out. No, no, no. No. And again, we have to learn that. It's not something we can we can encourage and tell new people coming you know, into the VA world, but ultimately sometimes people have to experience that and understand to get that lesson of, of yeah. learning. So you know, really understanding who your target audience is and who your dream client is, client avatar, whatever you wish to call it, is really really important to the success of your business as well because if you don't know that then again your marketing message and that visibility and value you're putting out there is going to be so mixed that no one's really going to understand you know well how yeah. can how can you be helped you know what is yeah. it you're trying to sell um you know are you doing this service or are you doing this and you've mentioned projects and now you're doing this you know and it, oh it's so confusing and they scroll on by or they unfollow or yeah. you know whatever medium don't read the email if it's email marketing so being really clear on what you're offering and it being good at that and you know making sure you are exactly sharing what it is you're helping that transformation that you take your client that's stuck here with this pain point and how you get them to that end result and I think all of those elements there that I shared are really sort of the keys mm-hmm. and the fundamentals. And I guess the only other one um, missing from that is really um, the pricing element as well, which is obviously mm-hmm. like a whole topic and podcast for another day <laughs> type situation, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, pricing for profit again, so many clients come to me and they think, oh, you know, yeah, I put my prices up Claire, You'll be really proud of me. And, you know, when we get to that section and when we go through the nitty gritty and the finer details, they really realize that actually they're still undercharging. Um, and again, they're therefore attracting the wrong kind of client. So again, that's a, an element within sort of business growth success to me mm-hmm. that has to be um, a key a key part of the framework. Yeah, I think pricing, pricing is such an important, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. pricing is such an important part because of, for all of us, whether you're a coach, a trainer, a, a consultant, a VA, you, if you're not pricing correctly, A, you're going to attract the wrong client, but also you're going to end up in a position where you're working all the hours God sends and still not making any money in your business because you're only just covering your costs and a a little bit more besides. And you come to the end of the month and think, or the week or whatever it is, and think, oh, mm, well, that's really not worth that, you know. And also pricing in to allow for the fact that, as a self-employed person, you don't work 35 hours a week like you did on PAYE. You might only have 20 hours or 10 hours or whatever that looks like of paid client work, but you might have another 10 hours a week, which is your marketing, your blog writing, your doing your books, raising your invoices and all of those things for, you know, Joe Brianti Limited or, or whatever your company is. You know, and that that has an impact. Do you find that with your clients, Claire? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, for me now, again, the sorts of, I guess, support that I'm bringing to, you know, bringing to the table, so to speak, for my clients is very much, you know, rather than serving many Mm. and all these different services, all these different price points, all these different clients, why don't we actually try and, you know, streamline that and actually have maybe two or three core service offers 
And I think that's, again, the fundamental thing of historically mm. people felt like, oh, I need to offer lots so that I can, you know, have this variety and we all yeah. love variety. You know, we don't always want to be doing the same thing. But, you know, the way I work with my clients now is actually I want to have a bigger impact on their lives and on their business. So by, by actually working with them more often on a deeper level and having less clients, I'm able to really get to know them and their business, really understand what makes them tick, what doesn't, get to know their personality, because it, oh boy, even on Zoom, it comes across, and you yes. can see, you know, when they're giving me the dog ate the homework excuse, I can, <laughs> oh, I can see straight through that, <laughs> but equally, I'm the first to, you know, be sending the virtual hug um, through the Zoom screen, if, 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 you know, a client's having a wobble, and I think that's where, obviously, the empathy side comes in, um, but it, it it's just, don't we all want to live a life on our terms and it to be fairly joyous and fun most of the time? You know, we know life's not perfect, you know, yes. let's, not, let's not go there. But, but ultimately, that's what we want to do. We've all got a purpose. We've all got a mission. We've all got that end goal, normally like a financial amount that we know we're going to be able to create that ideal lifestyle for us. So why on earth wouldn't we want to be working with our dream clients, offering what we love doing, whatever those services or projects might look or training looks like um, or consultancy looks like for individuals? Um, and, you know, know that we're really making a difference to somebody's life and having an impact on them and their business, because that's what lights me up. That's yeah. what gives me the goosebumps at the end of the day and makes me sleep well at night. <laughs> I don't know about you, ladies. Yeah, I, I just love it when I come off a training session and I know that the person who's been on the, on the other the other end of it, they're going to be able to achieve so much more um, in so much less time. And they've learned things they didn't know. And it's just going to make life so much easier for them. And that's the bit that, that you really yeah. like. And I'm sure, yeah. Joe, for you, it's when a client says, oh, my God, that GDPR is such a mess. It's doing my yeah. head in. And, and you give them this beautiful thing. And, and they go, yeah. oh phew I haven't got to think about that anymore I, it's yeah. such a relief and that's yeah. the bit yeah yes we all want to be paid for what we do as well um I saw a wonderful um illustration actually about pricing perception uh, I saw it in two separate groups and I think Joe, you've probably seen it um the one about the bottle of water have you seen it oh yes yes, yes. so there's a, a plastic bottle of water in like a small personal bottle of water and it's 99p in the supermarket um, it's £3.50 at the airport and it's £5 in a hotel. Okay. And it's the same bottle of water. They may have changed the label, but essentially it's the same bottle of, of water. And you don't, I mean, you'll grumble. You will yeah. grumble about paying the £5 in the hotel, but yeah. you'll pay it. You're not going to argue about it, even though you know that. So why do we often um, charge ourselves like the supermarket water when we're really... The value we are the hotel water. yes mm. uh, and and you know when you see that they they showed it you know it was very visual and I thought boom that is such a good analogy I, I really yeah. really like that and it's true and I don't think it's about just saying oh well I just want to squeeze my clients for as much as they can pay it's not about that that's not the thing it's about the value you bring and mm. the problems you solve Absolutely. And I think that's where there's a misconception, isn't there? It's just I think some people think when we talk about charging your worth, I always back it up with based on the transformation and the value. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because if I say that and don't add those two elements, I've been shot down in flames before. And yeah. I've had people comment on social media and I was like, oh, OK, I need to really clarify clearly because I'm causing a, a what's it storm here about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
and you know it, it's just crazy because ultimately it's not about the money for me I, I we do have a separate chat Shelley because I realize that you work abroad um, and one of my dreams is actually you know it's a lifestyle business for me yeah. it's not all about the money um, and I want to go and work in Andalusia part-time it's been oh, on my wow. goal list and I'm like this COVID do one please so next year I can actually get out there and start you know re actually re living in places that I've been researching to yeah. see if it's something that's going to you know long-term work and that's what it is for me and I think a lot of my clients ultimately have families some of the children mm -hmm. are older might be university age some are younger you know kind of under 10 but ultimately not one of the clients that I've worked with um, you know in the last sort of three years since I've been coaching has ever turned around and you know implied it's about the money it's been yeah. ultimately about trying right. to have that amazing lifestyle and being there for the family mm -hmm. and being there for the children you know school sports day all the usual thing doing the school run all of that and that's what I love and I think that's the beauty yeah. isn't it we can create the absolute business on our terms that we want to and get rid of those Lincoln shoulds. <laughs> yeah. no, totally. I think should is the word should be banned. Should should be banned. There you go. <laughs> double should. <laughs> I love it, Shelley. Yeah, a double should. No, definitely. And, and the other um the other word, um, oh there was a, a, a chap in one of the networks that I was in when I first started out, and he had something he called knotty words. Um and you had to eliminate that a lot, the, the, the challenge was to eliminate these naughty words. Things like but, but is negative. When yeah. you have a sentence and you say but, everybody focuses on what comes after the but, not yeah. on what went before. But if you switch it to however, it's a different yeah. connotation. Yes. You yeah. Yeah. think about the however bit. And he had a whole list of these words wow. and should and could were, should was top yeah. of the list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it absolutely needs to, to be banned. It's, it's a really difficult one because it implies guilt. I think should mm. comes for me has a connotation of there's a guilt attached, like because I sh really yeah. should be doing it and I'm not yeah. doing it, so I must be a bad person if I'm not doing yeah. it. Exactly. I think that's that's what comes with should. This has been a fabulous interview, Claire, and I'm going to draw it to a close. And I'll say the reason I'm going to draw it to a close is I'm really tired. So I'm being completely honest. <laughs> I'm recovering from COVID and um, um, this week is the first week I've felt a bit more normal. Uh, oh. But I do realise I have to pace myself a little Absolutely. bit more than I used mm. to. And uh, I'm kind of my age is catching up with me as well, I think. <laughs> uh, that's the bit I'm kind of ignoring. But, uh, but I'm, I'm beginning to flag and I don't think I will be my best if we, if we mm. carry on. So I think we will draw this interview to a close. But it has been a really really interesting interview yeah and uh, thank, you. thank you so much for coming on the podcast and listeners we will pop claire's details on the web page as usual uh, and any you know there'll be all the ways that you can get in touch with her and work with her to help you grow your businesses and have your dream life which i think is fabulous i'm having my dream life so why shouldn't you <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and thank you again ladies for having me on here it's been a real pleasure and lovely chatting to you both thanks welcome back listeners to the last bit of today's episode which was with Claire Farthing now I don't know about you Joe, but I think our listeners probably got the idea that we were having enjoyment um, yeah. listening to Claire's story there um, yeah. I've not met Claire before but she's an absolute joy um, to chat with 
Um, and I loved her, the, the, the way that she morphed um, yeah. and eventually ended up doing what she clearly is meant to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of us. We, we, we start out early on in our career or our work, we have a job. You know, yeah. my first job was um, selling carpet. No, my first job was uh, well, babysitting yeah. uh, as yeah. a teenager and then shop girl and doing flower arranging and yeah. all sorts of other things. Uh, and then working in a carpet shop and then gradually working as a shop assistant in a pharmacy. And then I did my two years army service and then yeah. after that I worked for a building society. And then you just kind of gradually change what you do yeah. while you figure yeah. out who you are yeah yourself. and you, you take little pieces from every working experience whether that's you know from your paper round your Saturday job your first job your second job you you take all of this skill and knowledge with you and it helps you to grow into who you are and where you're going and and that's very clear from you know, Claire, she's taken all that experience and learning and, you know, she's built it into a business that she's really very passionate about. And she's she is very inspiring and she is inspired by all that history to, to give back and, and, and work as a coach. Yeah. And I think, you know, that the last bit where we were talking about pricing and talking about yeah. um, at the end of the day, um, now, this no, that's too much. What I was going to say was far too much of a generalization because there are people out there who have to work because they have to put food on the table. Yeah. And it doesn't matter um, what they do, they just have to do it because yeah. that's all they can do at that point in their life. And they have yeah. to put food on. Now, I'm not knocking that at all because no. we've all been in that situation at some point. I know I definitely have. Yeah. But you just do whatever it takes, whether it's clean yeah. houses or babysit every yeah. night or whatever it is, yeah. just to supplement so that you can do those things. But um, but there's definitely once you do get to do the thing it is that you love doing, yeah. Um, most of the time, it's because it's the thing you love doing, yeah. And you just happen to get paid for it, yeah. um, And then eventually you realise that yes, I just happen to get paid for doing the thing that I love, but I actually need to be paid what I'm worth. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, because if you're not paid what you're worth, this is something I've learned for myself. If I don't charge the right amount, I resent the work. Yeah. And it can only, it might be a, a very small increment that takes it maybe over that next threshold. Yeah. But it's that I know that what I bring to the party is going to help you so much. Yeah. That it needs to be valued. And I don't know, have you ever had this experience when you offer things for free and people really don't value them, do they? No. No, they don't. And I now, I now don't offer anything more than kind of like um, a 30 minute um, discovery call type thing for free. You know, I don't even go down the road anymore of, of, of things like the skill swap because it, it never kind of works out very well. No, no. There's always a winner and a loser in a skill swap because somebody has a greater need and somebody has a greater skill. And yeah. uh, I don't think I don't think um, 
inevitably, you know, I, I had I had a situation uh, at the beginning of COVID when I was developing my Microsoft Teams training and I was just about the only person doing it. And I had somebody who'd found me via a social media post that somebody else was raving about my training. Uh, and she said, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a presentation skills speaker. I've looked at your showreel on your, on your website, the video, and I know I can help you improve. And will you teach me how to use Teams in exchange? And I said, look, I'm running a business. I appreciate you may not be able to pay me at the moment, but I'm really sorry I don't do that because it, what she was offering me wasn't going to help me. Actually, yes. not, I had no, no need for it whatsoever. So uh, what ended up happening was about six, eight, six months later, seven months later, all of a sudden she was back because she now had a burning need to learn what I could teach. And she paid quite happily whatever it was yes. that I was charging, which was not through the roof. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, um, it, it, it does, those sort of situations really make you, Thing. And I also find what fascinating. So we, we've in, in the last episode and this we talked a little bit about marketing and um, listeners, if you don't know, and you really should, uh, I have a weekly newsletter. You should all, there's that should word, please go sign up to my newsletter, but don't sign up to my newsletter if you're going to resent the fact that every so often I may make you an offer on one of my courses. Because that's how I earn my money, by delivering yeah. training, either live virtual training or people buying my pre-recorded online courses. So this week, um, and by the time this episode goes out, this offer will have ended. Uh, September has been PowerPoint month. All my blog posts and all my newsletters are about PowerPoint this month. And so I decided to make an offer on my PowerPoint course. I have a PowerPoint course called Perfect PowerPoint Creation, which has got over six hours of video. Now that took a couple of months to actually record and put together. Um, it's not a small job to put those courses. I don't just sit here and go, blah, 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 blah. it's planned and, and executed. Um, so this week I've decided I'm going to make a offer to my list. And I'm doing exactly what all the top marketers tell you you should do. So I'm not doing anything different. Yeah. Um, so I sent out an email yesterday which was Sunday saying this week till Friday midnight you can do this uh, I sent out an email today there'll be one every day this week and on Friday I will send two there won't be one on Thursday this week because it's going to be Yom Kippur the day of atonement and I don't work on that day at all there'll yeah. be no social media for me I will be absent from the online world on Thursday um, but there will be two on Friday because when I've made previous offers there are people who don't buy until the last minute. There are people who will buy on the first email within two minutes. And there are people who will buy as it's about to expire. That's yeah. just psychology and human nature. The nature of humans. Yeah. 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 But I've had a couple of people unsubscribe because they've received a sales newsletter from me instead of a informative information and my newsletters are very informative if I say so myself so I, you know I tend to give a lot of value and those people were never going to buy from me if they're objecting to me saying you get 10% off my course this week uh, yeah. and they've had two emails so far they were never going to become clients so they're just costing me money on my marketing list because yeah. they're sitting and they're not there. part of your and they're not part of your tribe 
No, and they just want for free. They want everything for free. I think that's where I was going with it. It's the people who want everything for free. Um, I never want anything for free. I value anybody that I interact with. I value their time. Um, you know, I don't want to get, I'll call somebody and I don't want them to give me an hour and a half doing whatever. I, I want to respect that, um, yeah. that, that they, that, you know, they've got to where they've got to through their journey and their yeah. learning and their expertise that I don't have if I need it. So um, I think that was that was really interesting. And, and mainly because we've recorded two podcasts today and we've discussed kind of this idea. Yeah. It's kind of come for me top of yeah. mind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So listeners... I'll just do a little bit of freebie plugging for myself now, having said all that. You can find my courses via my website. Um, and um, there is a newsletter. There is a blog. Every Tuesday, there is a how-to blog, although I have to admit the month of September, because I wasn't well in August, I have all the blog posts ready to go. They've just not been scheduled. And I just haven't got round to it because I've got to figure out which one goes where. Uh, I, I usually do it at the beginning of the month, the how-to ones. Everything else... I outsource, but those ones I do myself. Um, the scheduling of, I mean, is what I outsource. Uh, Thursday, there is a informative newsletter uh, and another blog post. So Thursday is an informative blog post. Tuesday is a how-to blog post. So there's a wealth of free information on how to do stuff in Microsoft Office on Tomorrow's VA's website. Um, and of course, once in a while, I might make you an offer and say, come buy my tiny thing, please. So uh, that's what we're in business for. Otherwise, you know, we're running a business and yeah. we need to put money into our business, you know, for whatever reason. It might be that you've got small children and maybe you're the person that pays for the grandchildren's shoes. Um, maybe yeah. you pay for the holidays. Maybe you pay for the extras. Maybe you're the main breadwinner. Um, at the end of the day, we're all in business to make money. yes. And, and what's fantastic, I think, is, is what came out of Claire's interview there was when you can both make money and do the thing that you love, that's where happiness is, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And she's very right. So, yeah. So okay. what's the rest of today looking like for you, Shelley? I'm going to lie on the couch with a book or a game or yeah. something, I am going to shut down because as I said at the end there with Claire, I am actually really very tired. Yeah. Uh, could have something to do with the fact that I couldn't get to sleep last night. So yeah. I didn't get to sleep till about half past two. Um, yeah. And I've done a, we've recorded two podcasts yeah. today, which, it's a long day. which is quite a lot. And for me at the moment, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. So I have done a full day of yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm uh, I'm going to go and lie down, and then I'm going to make supper. I'm going to have yeah. some sort of chicken for supper before you ask. Uh, I'm not sure quite what. It might be curry. It might just be grilled, um, but it'd be something like that. What about something you? quick and simple. Um, I've I've got some some emails that have come in while we've been doing this. I've got to send out some invoices. Oh, that's a good um, one. And then I've got a meeting um, with a charity that I'm working with to help them with their GDPR and, and their business processes. Um, 
to have a catch up. Everybody's been away on holiday. Things have been happening. So we're planning now for the rest of the six month project um, this evening. And then, yeah, who knows how the rest of the evening will go. <laughs> it can largely depend on the two um, teenagers yeah. and how they barrel in and what they need. So we'll see. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that's it. I think I'm going to go. Listeners, thank you very much for listening to us waffle along again. Um, we love having you. And as ever, do let us know what you think of the podcast. Leave us a comment on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on the website, comment, whatever. We really do want to hear from you because we really value your opinion. And uh, we shall see you next week. You have been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We will be back with you again next week with yet another amazing episode. See you then.